One, two, three, four. One, two. Let me tell you how it will be. Welcome back to Not Fade Away Podcast. I'm Gary Parker, along with my co-host Craig Jones. And we've got an exciting show for you today. We're going to talk about what the three of us probably think is one of the best bands that ever lived, and certainly one of the most prolific bands when it comes to songwriting and performing. Uh, what do you got up for us today, Craig? Well, today's episode is the Fab Four Beatles albums, and we're going to discuss kind of the albums that started a new thing for the Beatles. They'd been the big Beatlemania sensations, Screaming Girls, uh, teen magazines, who was the cutest, who was the this, who was the that, and and turned into, with the start of the, the first on our list, Rubber Soul, they grew up overnight into musicians that, for one thing, I think, ruled the, the record label capital that they were on because they were so popular they could do whatever they wanted. That allowed them to be really creative, and I think that creative uh, grown-up Beatles began with Rubber Soul, continued through Revolver, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and the White Album at the defining period of that band together. So that's what we're going to talk about. Yep, we want to welcome our guest today, Bill Statz, who's a founding member of the Fab Five Beatles Heavy 60s cover band, starting with over 30 years ago, and is still active today. Bill, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. What I'd first like to talk about, which is kind of the theme of Not Fade Away podcast, or overview of memories of first hearing each album. I'll go first, then I'll let uh, Gary give his thoughts, then we'll leave the anchor leg to Bill Statz who can share his memories with us. I remember back to those times, and the Beatles, of course, were the rage of the world, uh, popularity, maybe only uh, close was Elvis Presley, you know, a decade earlier. But uh, they were incredible. Uh, they were new music, new Beatles music was constantly on the radio. That was back in a time when Top 40 radio was all you had to listen to. That was back in the time when an oldie Goldie on the radio was actually had only been out a couple summers before. But they were putting out new music constantly, and Rover Soul came along. It was the first album that they did that had no cover songs. They wrote every song on the album. It was also the first album that had something that uh, probably the best way to say it wasn't so much a, a poppy teen cover art. It was a very uh, arty, uh, cool cover. And it was the first album that was released with an identical version on both the British side, the the European side and on the American side. But I think what it showed though, they got away from a lot of boy girl, happy love songs and there was some serious stuff on it. And I remember when it came along, it just clicked in my head, this is different. I think that uh, uh, the Revolver 
is, in my view, as good as anything the Beatles ever did. And you think that only came out four or five months after Rubber Soul did. And they took it in new directions with George Harrison emerging quite a bit more. Sitar was introduced to the music. And there were songs like Eleanor Rigby, uh, Taxman, that were, had nothing to do with uh, boy-girl love relationships. It was an amazing, I think it was a forefront on the, some psychedelic music. Then next up, Sgt. Pepper's. The Beatles decided to, as I recall, it was a big deal that they weren't going to tour anymore. And they went an incredible six or seven months before they put out a new album. And that was like, it seemed like forever. And then when it finally came out, a friend of mine, Marcus Baker, who actually played in a cover rock band, we stayed up and listened, not that staying up at that age was a big deal, but we stayed up and listened at midnight to the release of Sgt. Pepper's, went to the record store the next day, the day it opened, both bought it and we came back and probably played it 20 times over the weekend. The White Album, I think, came out, a lot of people classify it as, I remember, as, you know, kind of, weird and this and that but a lot of the most iconic songs that i loved from that day forward stuff like uh when my guitar gently weeps uh these real cool songs back in the ussr on and on and on it had a lot of really good stuff on it and i think it returned them to being more of a just play the songs band where sergeant peppers had a lot of added effects and orchestration to it so that's how I remember those four albums when they came out and uh, what it meant it felt like for me at that time. Okay, Gary, what do you, what do you think? Well, I, I agree with you on just about everything you said, Craig, and I'll just add a little to it. Um, you know, I love the Beatles from the very beginning. I love their pop stuff. I love their music stuff. I started... Uh, my first girlfriend, if she couldn't couldn't live up to a Beatles, you know, pop song, then one worth having. But Rubber Soul was the first album I think that I ever purchased, and I played it from beginning to end, and then played it from beginning to end again. I think probably every album I ever owned before that, I'd play all the songs, and then I'd kind of skip around and go, well, these are my six favorites or something. But with Rubber Soul, I mean, I literally. It, it, every song on there was a jewel, and I mean, I played it from beginning to end a million times and didn't skip around. And uh, I loved that album, and then Revolver came along, and it was like one more step into the maturing of their music and their writing, and added just a little more flavor, a little more sauce. It was just a phenomenal record. Um, out of the four, Sgt. Pepper's is probably my least favorite, but it's still one of my top you know, 20 favorite records of all time, of all bands. Um, it had some great songs on it, uh, but it had some stuff that just kind of wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, you know, just some things that were very different for them and a little bit out of their uh, their norm, but still loved the album. And the White Album just blew me away um, by the time that came out. It was... Uh, I loved Guitar Gently Weeps. It's still one of my all-time favorite songs. George Harrison was really my favorite Beatle of all time, so you can imagine that song has a special place in my heart. 
that's that's kind of it for me. Let's get to the guy that knows the music better than we do. Bill, what are your thoughts, buddy? Thank you. Uh, Rubber Soul is one of the best Beatle albums ever made. Uh, it's their sixth album. They took off in a new direction in their recording career. And today, uh, Norwegian Wood and Girl sound as fresh today as they did in 1965 when this album was released. Uh, after the album released, the Beatles realized that they couldn't produce uh, the music live. And it was, according to uh, things I've read, the Beatles at that time decided to give up live performances and concentrate on making records solely. Then the next album was released just about eight months after Rubber Soul in August of 66. They uh, changed very quickly with Revolver. It was more of a, a fantasy album. Uh, you, you had Harrison with Taxman and uh, McCartney with the, about the sad loneliness of Eleanor Rigby. You had the sell, uh, sing-along Yellow Submarine and the weird and frightening Tomorrow Never Knows which the lyrics are taken from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. <laughs> the uh, title is by Ringo, who titled several Beatles songs, but the uh, song uh, Tomorrow Never Knows does not mention that in the lyrics at one time. So the, the uh, title has nothing to do with the song. I, I like Good uh, Day Sunshine and Got to Get You Into My Life, really groovy horn sections. And uh, my favorite song on the uh, record is probably one that most people don't pick, but I like the bouncy hook. I like Dr. Robert very much, and I, I listen to it regularly. Sergeant Peppers, I disagree with Gary in that it is one of the best Beatle albums ever made, but it is so different than what came before and after that they, their descent into psychedelica in 1967, uh, just unbelievable that the same man recorded uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and they recorded and later pulled uh, Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane from the lineup because they wanted to release them as singles. But imagine Sgt. Peppers with those two other songs. I would just blow your mind. And then, of course, the White Album is one of their uh, best release. Released in November of 68. Uh, the two songs, Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane, were scheduled to be on that album, Sgt. Pepper's, but they were released as singles. And uh, 
and the White Album is one of the best uh, records ever released by the Beatles. The 30 tracks were written for a two-record record album, and they were written at the Maharishi's uh, compound in India. And uh, they returned kind of to the Revolver days before they uh, wrote about all the psychedelic things they could think of in 1967. So, now, there's one song that gets a bad rap because John Lennon is quoted as saying he doesn't like it, and that's Run For Your Life. And that is uh, on the... uh, Rubber Soul album. I remember that song so well because the very first band I was in in 1965 learned that song because the guitar player liked it, <laughs> and we we and I could sing it. So we we played it and didn't ever get any of the bad or negative raps on it until decades later when they quoted John Lennon saying it was one of the worst songs we ever did. Well, you know, also, Bill, Nancy Sinatra covered that song. Yes, she did. They just changed up the, uh, you know, a guy and a girl in the lyrics and uh, catch you with another girl, that's the end. But uh, so that was like a lot of Beatles stuff. It was not a thing back then, but somehow later it became a thing. Go ahead. Well, I've heard, I've heard Paul McCartney say if he had that over, he wouldn't have written the lyrics to I Saw Her Standing There. It was about a middle-aged man chasing after a 17-year-old girl. And that was perfectly acceptable in 1963 and four, But later on, by today's standards, it's not acceptable. So much of the 50s songs are about Sweet 16 type stuff, you know, sung by a 35-year-old singer. So yeah, it, it, that was the way it was back then. I look at all the lonely people. Thanks for joining us for the Fab Four of the Beatles album with Bill Stats. Please check out the next episode for part two of our story. Thanks for listening to an episode from our first season of Not Fade Away Archives. Our fall season drops September 20th, don't forget. The high-tech world allows us to archive memories from a period of time in a manageable way we could never have imagined. We would like to invite you to join us. We encourage comments and ideas you might have. We have a list of future possible episodes on our website and our Facebook page. If you feel like you could contribute information about an upcoming episode or even be a guest, we would like to ask you to email us at notfadeawayarchives at gmail.com. Our suggestions for episodes are a small fraction of the possibilities. We plan episodes on memories of events like the JFK assassination and the moon landing, which are memories we all share. But we want to learn about events and people that many of us might not know about. 
that would make episodes we would all like to know about. We hope our published and suggested episodes stimulate many more program ideas. Much of the inspiration for Not Fade Away came from an annual reunion Craig attends with college friends. Most of the conversation centered around memories from over 50 years ago. We're going to reach out to colleges and things like the 55 and over communities to help us reach alumni and residents. Baby boomers have memories to share that are literally infinite. Our funding mechanism for Not Fade Away Archives is Apollo Art Speakers. Apollo Art Speakers produce excellent sound by vibrating aluminum photo art. Like Not Fade Away, these speakers are about memories. Let's let an Apollo art speaker owner tell us about his. Hi, I'm Bobby. I'm a retired Texas public school administrator. And since I've retired, uh, I've been building a, a man cave out at our, our place in the country. And I'm here today to show a few friends uh, what it looks like. Here's my great TV, big screen TV, listening to some great music and displaying some great artwork. There's an interesting story about this piece of artwork up here, this beautiful piece of artwork. In, in 2017, my mother-in-law passed away and my, my wife was sitting on the side porch of our, uh, of our house here and she noticed the beautiful sunset uh, to the west across our pond. She actually took this picture using her iPhone and uh, the, the picture turned out great and we turned it into a piece of art. Great music coming through a great speaker system and the great thing about it is that artwork that I just talked to you about, that is actually the sound audio system uh, produced by Apollo Art Speakers. The distinction about the Apollo Art Speaker is the clarity and detail in the music we're listening to and the television. The things I told you about is what makes Apollo Art Speakers a great product. But the special thing about it is we were able to use a photo that is very special to my family to build the speaker. A financial planner has a photo he took on a trip to Iceland hanging in his office. He bought the largest speaker that is sold. The photo and the sound that comes from it are stunning. Everywhere an Apollo art speaker hangs, people can't tell where the sound is coming from. They just know it sounds great as it fills the room. We also have terrific photos from a professional photographer, Dave Clements. Apollo art speakers hanging in homes and offices include an incredible picture of eagles in flight and licensed photos of Sir Paul McCartney and another one of Tom Petty. These two photographs are among hundreds Dave's published in coffee table books featuring musicians. The books are a fundraiser to combat Rett syndrome, which is a horrific disease that affects young girls. Apollo art speakers hang on the wall and are easy to install. Apollo Art Speakers includes a copy of one of Dave's books with every Apollo speaker sold. For more information on Apollo Art Speakers, visit our store on Etsy.com. 
We encourage you to get a free subscription to Not Fade Away Archives wherever you listen to your podcast. The music you will hear now is on a vinyl record playing through an Apollo art speaker unfiltered through a single mic. Our memories will not fade away. I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be. Are you gonna give your love to me? A love to last more than one.